So we are in the second week of a series entitled, What's New With You? Uh, the start of the year, new series, um, 22. Usually at the start of the year, people think about the upcoming year. They think about plans. They think about things that they might want to accomplish. They start to make some goals, some lists. That, that's great. And so recognizing that, new series, what's new with you? And you could phrase it this way, what, what's new in you or what could be new in you? That's the, the purpose, the import of looking at the truth that we looked at last week, recognizing as we started that series that, that everything can be, right? We, we looked at the truth of 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I think about that a lot in terms of capability, empowerment, Beyond the scope of our imagination, God can work a new work in us. And, and so the rest of the series is going to be looking at three things that are essential elements, key parts of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so, and so I hope that in, the, in, in thinking ahead, uh, that you'll begin to process that and think about what could be new in you. And this morning we're looking at worship. Worship. What's, what's new with you? What's new in you? What could be new in you regarding worship? What does that word mean to you? Think about it a minute. How would you define, if somebody said, hey, I heard this word, worship, what does it mean? What would you say to them? How would you describe it? How would you define it? There's so much there. And there's so much there that... that the truth that we're going to look at, Psalm 96, um, speaks about. I'm, I'm going to try to get it all in there. I know I'm going to miss some of it. It's so full. But I want to introduce it by having you think about the Ten Commandments. There's one commandment in particular I would suggest to you that you think of when you think of worship, and that is the Fourth Commandment. You know what it is, right? I'm not going to quiz you. Yeah. On the Sabbath day, keeping it holy we think about worship, we think about Sunday, we think about a day that's set aside to be unique, to, to have us rest, for it to be holy. And, and, and man, when we unpack that and we go in different directions, there's probably as many definitions of that commandment as there are people here. We're going to leave that aside. But often we gravitate to that commandment, we think about worship. But I would submit to you, think about the rest of them. How about the first three? The first one is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Why is that? Because we're to worship God alone. The second, you should not make any graven images or bow down or worship them. Why? Because God is God. We're to worship him. Not a created thing. We're to worship the creator. They both have to do with worship. What about the third one? Thou shalt not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Take his name in vain. It's another way that people have said that. Why is that? Because we're to think of God with awe and reverence. Why? Because we are to worship him. And so the first three and the fourth all have to do with worship. What about the other six? Speaking of acts of obedience, ways we are to be. How would that relate to worship? Well, we, we are to be, we are to be in a right relationship because we're seeking to follow God why? Because he's our God. 
and we worship him. The point is this. All of the commandments have to do with worship. And I would submit to you that worship in the living of our lives is far more full, far more bigger than we often think of it. Open up your hearts to the truth of Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He'll judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then the, all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They'll sing before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. And he'll judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his truth. This is the word of God. When it be written in our hearts, lived in our lives. That passage, just like so many others, um, is so full of truth. You know, sometimes I, I think about the Word of God like I do my favorite meal. I, I, I just can't wait to dig in. And then as I take bite after bite, it's so delicious. It's just bursting, just bursting with flavor. There's one thing that's different about a meal in the Word of God for me, a favorite meal, and that is, is that... Um, you know, I get full after a while of eating food, and I eat too much. Not true with the Word of God. It can just keep filling me and filling me and filling me. It's incredible. And that's what this truth is all about, about worship. About worship. And I want you to think, even the first three, the three verses, each verse has a little something there. And I'm just going to share them and, and give you thoughts. Let your mind start to think about it. You're thinking about what worship means to you, right? Already. What, what does that word mean when you think of worship? Well, look at these first three verses. Verse 1. Uh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. Just think about that for just a few minutes. Sing to the Lord a new song as it relates to worship. Oh, what do you think about when you hear that? You know, we are creatures. One, one thought is we're, we're creatures of habit, right? We like routines. We like stability. Something happens, uh, it, it's a little unsettling for us that's new or different. 
I don't think that necessarily is true just of people when they're older. I think it's more true. I think the older I get, the more I struggle with things being different, even though I'd like to think I'm always looking at things differently, trying to be creative, a little bit innovative. But I know that the reality is that if things aren't just so, sometimes it's a little unsettling for me. But I think that's true for young people too. I think you like things just so, in order. We're creatures of habit. But God says, sing a new song. Sing a new song to me. I I thought about that, and I thought about what does that look like to God? When we're hearing God say, sing a new song. Sing a new song to me. What does that mean? And so I thought, you know, hey, maybe in terms of illustrating it this way, maybe it looks a little bit like this in our lives. If I went to God and said, hey, God, guess what? I wrote a new song for you. You want to hear it? Here it is. It's not on. Shows how much I know. I hope you weren't expecting anything more than that. (laughs) If I did that and I said, hey, God, that's my song for today. And and him being gracious would say, that's awesome. I thank, thank you for that song. And then I would come back the next day and I'd say, hey, God, guess what? I got a new song for you. Want to hear it? Here it is. Same one you played yesterday. Then I come the next day and I'd say, hey, God, guess what? I got a new song for you. Here it is. And then the next day, I, you get it. What if every day the song was the same? There was nothing new. You got tired of that after just three times. I could have did it like 10. You probably would have been, come on, come on. I sometimes wonder if God doesn't think some similar thoughts about our lives. About who it is that we are day after day. And if the understanding of new opportunities, of singing a new song is lost on us. With all the potential, with all of the opportunities, because here's something else to think about. Every day is a new day, isn't it? You will never live this day over again. You will never have the same opportunities, have the same things happen to you today as you will any other day for the rest of your life, nor the life you have already lived. Every day is a new day. And God says, I want you, the person I knit together in your mother's womb, I want you full of potential, fearfully and wonderfully made. I want you to sing a new song to me every day. I can't wait to hear it. Granted, some days might be better than others. I want you to think about that. Singing a new song, and then day after day. So you got that, right? It's continuous, it's ongoing. How does that come into your definition of what worship is? Because is it not true, often when we think of worship, the first thing we think about is now. About a 
worship service about a time that's designated to worship God. And so when we think of worship, we think of what's occurring right now. I think that's true, right? But God says, sing a new song to me when day after day. See, I know I've shared this before, but I'll say it again. Worship is a lifestyle. It is an ongoing, constant process in our hearts and in our lives. Every day, everywhere we go, work, school, hanging out with friends, doing whatever, it's an opportunity to worship. Day after day, privileges and opportunities. It's not confined to one hour a week. You, you worship life, uh, you worship God with your life, with your being, with who it is that you are always and continually. The things that you do because of who you are, worship. That'll stretch you a little bit. In hard moments, in good moments, opportunities to worship God day after day, constantly ongoing. I think about the positive side of that because sometimes I know my song, my life song maybe sounds a little bit like that, that I played on the piano. But then the next day, maybe I can bust out with more of a tune. It's awesome, it's incredible. And then there in verse 3, this, the first line, declare his glory among the nations. I want you to think about that thought. So sing a new song every day, day after day, ongoing, continuous worship, starting to hopefully stretch in your brains a little bit. And then the last one, declare, declare his glory among the nations. Have you connected worship to witness? When you think about your worship of the Lord, is that connected to, to witness? I know that it's true for us here now. I've shared it with staff and with, with consistory spiritual leaders that this is the, the greatest opportunity that we have as a body of Jesus Christ corporately to connect with people. So whether it's somebody who's listening online or somebody who, who pulls into our parking lot, comes in, has never been here before, maybe there's someone here this morning that's new for the first time, it's our opportunity to tell them a little bit about who we are and who God is. And we do that based on, on what happens. So the elders keep after me in terms of preaching, make sure I don't go a little crazy. I'd like to think that's not a hard job, that I say true to the Word of God. But what they're hearing there, what they're hearing in song, what they're seeing as we experience the Lord's table as we pray we're communicating our witness of God as we worship. So, so it's very important, and we thought about that. We've made some changes, done some things. It's going to continue to happen so, so that we would do our very best to connect people to God and to Jesus Christ through this time. But it goes beyond that, doesn't it? Your witness. So you have an opportunity to, to connect people, to declare his glory through your song day after day. And you know this, right, that people are, are watching. And you've heard it said that you might be the only Jesus, and that's true. 
So when there's something about you, either something that you say or something that, they, that you do that says, I follow God, I'm a follower of Jesus, then, then the eyes get bigger and the microscope gets a little bit more tighter. And the way that you worship God day after day in the living of your life of simply being becomes that witness that connection to God. Have you thought of that? So the worship in terms of praise, thankfulness, all that you are is so critically important in a lost and hurting world so deeply loved by God. Sing to the Lord a new song. Day after day, declare his glory. So powerful, so profound when you think about what worship is. Being is so important and a part of that. That's next week. So question for you. Is your God worth it? Is he worth you doing that? Singing a new song day after day, declaring his glory? Verses 4 to 6. Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. He is so worthy. He loves you more than you'll ever know. Makes an innumerable amount of promises to you that he will keep. Again, maybe not the way you want or at the time that you think he should but out of his wisdom and his great love for you in a way that's better than you could draw it up or plan it. He's an amazing God. You know, it's incredulous to me when we think of what we give our praise and our worship to, if we're honest, about what that means. So I would submit to you this. I'll just keep it brief. So you think of the living of life, and, and often when I think of, of, of worship in idolatry, I do think of, of people. So maybe athletes or rock stars or whatever, that people literally, we've heard of their idolize. What's that show called? Yeah, American Idol. Um, there's so many things. And, and that's not to say that we can't, um, you know, whatever, uh, really feel great about what a person accomplishes or what they do. But I want to submit to you that nobody, no matter how much you would hold somebody up or something, see, it's not just people. It, it's this. It, it, it's jobs. It's all, there's all kinds of things that we idolize. And my question to you is this. If you're thinking of something maybe that has a little bit too much importance in your life and you found that kind of like, like directing your steps or, or, or things have become about it, there is no created thing, no created thing that has done what God has done for you, nothing. Nor can it. God in God alone sent his son to die for your sins, to make your life right forever, and to give you eternity in heaven. God alone, the creator, not the created. And he alone is worthy 
of our praise. He is so worthy. And I challenge you to think about that. To give that new meaning and new definition in your heart and in your life. How is it that you can proclaim his majesty, visibly represent that God is the one that you worship in the living of life? And that's the challenge. It's spelled out really clearly, verses 7 to 9. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory. This is the start of verse 8. Do his name. As much as I would live my life, as much as I would give every effort, every fiber of my being, I could never give him what he deserves. But I sure can try. And that's the challenge for us to think about that. All that he means, all that he is, and just strive, just strive to continue to give him the glory due his name. It's an incredible challenge for us, and it flows out again of being, right? See, the things that we do, we do because of who we are. And who we are dictates what we do. And so thinking about life, thinking about worship, what does that look like day in and day out? I hope our lives give God the glory to his name. And we think about what that looks like, what that means, and how we can sing a new song. Even if it's a few more notes or another line. I can't do it musically. I don't have the talent for that. But I can spiritually. So can everybody else. And then words of encouragement found at the end of this passage. And I think it's so important and so great for the time that we're in. The Lord reigns and let the earth rejoice. Verse 10, the start of it says, Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. You know, in the world in which we live in today, there's a lot of stuff going on, isn't there? All kinds of things, all kinds of voices, all kinds of division, hostility, all kinds of difficult things to deal with. That's why, I, I, honest, I hardly watch the news anymore. I can't take it. I would prefer to do this. and be reminded of the glory of God and who he is and that he reigns, he is sovereign, he's in control. And, and I love what it says in these verses 11 to 13. And, and I want to challenge you to think about this the next time that you're discouraged or maybe you heard something or something happened that just made you hit you in the gut or made you really frustrated or discouraged. Take a look at these words. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad. And then, and then verse 11, let the sea resound in all that is in it. Maybe you need to go to Lake Michigan and just sit there and watch the waves, the breakers come in day after day, minute after minute, second after second, and just crash onto the shore. They're resounding the glory of God. They, it never stops. They sing praises to God. That's how we created it to be. 
Or go out into a field nearby your house. Anybody got a field by their house that lives in this area? Just saying maybe, slight possibility. You know, when I hunted, I used to do a lot of rabbit hunting. I'd go out there, and I would be amazed. After a, a big snowstorm, I'd go out, and I could just stand there, and I would see life, birds flitting around. And if I went to this place or that place, a bunny would pop out. The fields declare his majesty and the life that God has created, that he is still in control day after day, even after the worst of storms. The trees, the woods. You sit there, and I, I get a lot of this from hunting, of course, bow hunting, and sitting up in the tree. I'm not real fond of the wind when I'm hunting. But you see the branches sway, doing a dance before God. It's so incredible to see, it's so beautiful takes me out of my cranky mood for the wind, makes me celebrate it a little bit. And then the song that they sing as it whistles through the branches and the trees. See, God created the world all around us to declare his majesty. Every day, every day, the sea, the lakes, the fields, the trees, they declare his glory and they give him praise. I hope that that's true for all of us. We never stop praising God. We never stop proclaiming his goodness and his grace. We never stop looking for something new because every day there is something new. Opportunities, blessings, great things that he pours out into our hearts and our lives simply because he is God. So what's new with you? What's going to be new with you in 22 as it relates to worship? Think about it, pray about it, and then be. Yeah, let's pray together. Lord God, we give you thanks and we give you praise for all that you are. Lord, we thank you that you gave us the opportunity to draw close to you this morning. Maybe say some things that uh, we should have earlier, but that we did now. Lord, we thank you for being our God. Lord, sometimes we struggle in this lost and hurting world. But God, when we turn our hearts and our thoughts to you, I hope that you fill us with that enthusiasm, that, that Latin word, entheos, you inside. And we breathe deep. Lord, then we exhale your goodness and your greatness. Lord, these words were written for us to read, yes, but to live, to worship you, O oh God, in a powerful and wonderful way to say to the world who you are because you are who you say you are in your word and you live in us. Lord, let these words indeed create a new song each and every day to declare your glory in our hearts and in our lives. In your precious name we pray it. Amen.